Hey guys, it's Lucy Biggers, and you're listening to the 20 Something Podcast. Opening up today's show with a little sample of some Muse. You'll know why I chose that band later on in the show. Today I've got a great interview with Joey Avery. He is an up-and-coming stand-up comedian living in San Francisco. He actually has a day job and is a stand-up comedian in his spare time. We talk about the balance between following your passion and having a real career and the ins and outs of the stand-up comedy world. I've got to admit, I didn't know anything about it and it was very interesting to learn more. Here's my conversation with Joey Avery. I want to welcome on to the 20-something podcast, up-and-coming stand-up comic, Joey Avery. Hey, Joey. Hey, Lucy. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to have you on your show. I've been checking out some of your YouTube jokes, and it seems like some of the themes that you talk about in your work really are parallel with some of the stuff we talk about on 20-something, so I'm pumped. Yeah, that's awesome. And and before we... Oh, I hear some sirens in on your end. What's going on? Yeah, it's my it's my career really heating up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, um, before we get into your life and how you got to get into comedy, I'm going to play a clip that you have on YouTube that has 100,000 links and uh, 100,000 views, I should say, and it's really funny. So I'm going to play that and then we'll get into our combo. Awesome. Sounds great. I think one of the things that's just really changed a lot with with technology and the way we interact is the term narcissism and like what it used to take to get classified as a narcissist versus where we are now. Because if it was the 70s and you went out and you bought a camera and you used it to take a picture of you, you'd be a narcissist. Now imagine the 70s, you go out and you buy that camera and you use it to take a picture of you doing everything that you do throughout the day and then you printed out all those pictures and you brought them to a physical wall and you posted them (laughs) and then you got all your friends and all your enemies and everybody you ever even met and you brought them to that wall and you made them look at it and then you're like so do you guys like it? and then counted every single person that did and based on that decided how happy you were going to be that day you fucking narcissist okay I love that joke (laughs) awesome thank you I love at the end the best part is that you count the likes and then based on how many likes you get how happy you will be that day that's perfect I know it's so sad though because it's born of real experience (laughs) Seriously, it's so true. You know, you're like having a boring day and then you pull out Instagram and you post a picture and you keep checking back and you're like, oh, how many hearts did I collect? <laughs> Seriously, I think, sad. I think it is really sad and there's definitely a correlation between me posting like selfies and like how low my self-esteem is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, how bad is it that when I posted that joke ripping on social media... And it got a bunch of attention on social media. I was so excited. <laughs> I know. It, it's like the layers and layers. It's like we can't escape it. You can criticize social media, but we need it. And, and it has such great, you know, applicable things to our lives. So it's it's such a funny space that we're living in. It's a new world. Yeah, it, just, it seems like everything, whether it's, you know, technology or any new advent, it seems like it always comes with kind of a 
kind of an equal balance of really, really positive things and, and really negative and unique problems. Yeah. And, and actually, I was thinking it so much how when we were growing up, TV was such a thing. It was like, oh, you're addicted to the idiot box. And now everyone's addicted to their phones. We just always yeah, have to be like addicted I'm to something. carrying around an idiot box. Yeah. God. <laughs> I really am addicted to mine. But before we get into all this stuff, because I know you're going to have some great commentary on all the things that I love to talk about, you're a stand-up comedian, but you also have a day job. You're living out in San Francisco. So break down for me sort of like how often you get to do the comedy stuff, which is obviously your passion, and, and then how you kind of live the rest of your life and make it work. Yeah, definitely. So it's an interesting time for me because I just took a new job. Uh, and was able to actually give myself a couple weeks off. So right now I have free time, which is a unique treat. But a usual day for me is pretty much wake up and go to work um, from you know like eight thirty to about five thirty or six, and then I try and do comedy. I shoot to do about six shows per week. Whoa! Um, so yeah, I just try and get after it pretty much every night because. There's really no other way to to get good at comedy. I have to be doing it live. I can't really, you know, as funny as things may be in my room when I'm talking to a wall, <laughs> you don't you don't really know until you either uh, do well live or eat shit and die. <laughs> I have to, I have to give you so much credit because I think stand up comedians are the, like the bravest thing. I mean, you're putting yourself out there and you're depending on the audience to approve of you. And what you're doing in that moment. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird kind of drug because you kind of do it and once it goes well once, you're just, I mean, if it's if it's going to be the thing that you're interested in, you're just absolutely hooked. Um, and so for me, it's like, I, I love how people say that because people are like, oh, it's so brave. But for me, it's like, no, it's like just what I have to do to <laughs> feel happy, you know? <laughs> I'm addicted. <laughs> exactly. But it's a positive addiction. So how did you get into it? Have you, is this something you always knew you wanted to do? No, not really. I mean, you know, I, I always, whenever you do something, you kind of look back over your life and you see, you know, what are the pieces that made sense and, I once I started doing it, everything kind of fell together. Because when I was a kid, the first thing that I told my parents I wanted to do is I told them I wanted to be a cartoon character. <laughs> um, <laughs> because that's what I was watching. I was watching cartoons, and I thought that that looked awesome. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, when I was in high school, I really wanted to be an athlete. So it was always like I wanted to do something performance-oriented, but mm -hmm. it was always kind of whatever I was into at the time. Um and then with comedy, I just started listening to podcasts actually a lot. Um, the Joe Rogan podcast was one that I would listen to for other reasons because I thought they talked about interesting stuff, but he kept having comedians on. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, I think I identify with those guys more than you know anything else. And, um, and then I just gave it a shot. When did you give it a shot? Well, when was your first stand-up show? So that happened. I, I had a really cool experience. I actually got to go live in Cape Town, South Africa for about five and a half months um, and didn't really have any intention of doing anything along those lines, but kind of, you know, got off a plane on the total opposite side of the world and just kind of was thinking, you know, now is the time to try everything you ever wanted to try and be whoever you wanted to be and, and comedy came up as uh, as one of those things, and I kind of never looked back. And and so how many years ago was that? 
That would have been the first time I got on stage was about three years ago. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, and then kind of was on and off as I was finishing up college. You know, would do shows here and there, but it would when you first start doing it, it takes like you do it, and then it takes you two months to like psych yourself up to even try it again because <laughs> <laughs> it's so intimidating. Um, but it's been more inside of kind of the two year range where I've really started hitting it consistently and it being a part of my day to day life. Well, can we talk a little bit about this first show? Like, did anyone laugh at any of your jokes? Oh yeah. I, I mean, I, I was living in a, in a house with 20 other international students. So I just brought like all of my people and just Uh, flooded this like tiny decrepit dive bar. Um, (laughs) and and did did a seven minute routine, and the first joke I did killed because it was about South Africa, and then the other two were just horrible. But <laughs> I got through it. <laughs> and so, tell me, okay, I'm so interested in this because I mean, obviously, like I like will get high, and then I think I have a stand up comedy routine, and then I try to talk <laughs> yeah. to my friends, and they're like, "This isn't funny." Um, <laughs> and I think a lot of people can relate to that. They're like, "I could do that," but there's so much that goes into it. So. Give me a breakdown of the world of comedians. Like, what goes into planning a performance? Do you do the same jokes every time, or seventy five percent old, twenty five percent new, or how does it work? Yeah, definitely. So it really what you learn the longer you're doing it. The first two times I did it, I did completely different seven minute routines because I thought I really would want to build up and work new material. But what you learn when you've been doing it for a while is it takes a joke a long time to really become fully formed. Mm-hmm. So the life cycle of a joke, I would say, is it, it starts, you know, maybe you are with your friends and you've been drinking or, you know, doing whatever it is you do and something funny pops up. Usually it starts with like a note in your iPhone. Um, and then it goes from that, you write it, you try and write it out and then you bring it on stage once. And that joke may be with you for six months to a year as you add different things to it and maybe it meshes with other jokes. Um, it takes a really long time for it to actually be fully formed. Whoa. Yeah. So each time I go up, you know, no two sets are exactly the same because I might do crowd work or do something improvised or put different jokes next to each other. But I usually have an idea of what I'm working on, and I'll work on new jokes at open mics for you know a few months before I put them into an act that I would use for like a booked or a paid show. And are you able to get booked and paid shows yet? I am not not frequently, um, not to a point of like, oh man, coming up on when I need to quit my job, <laughs> bring in all this comedy money. But how much do they even pay you for a show? Is it like a hundred bucks or something? It could be. I the most I ever got paid was three hundred and fifty dollars, but I hosted a tent at a music festival for ten hours. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's usually in between. It could be it could be seven, you know, crumpled dollar bills from a tip jar, <laughs> or you know, it could be Anywhere from like yeah, twenty to to a hundred bucks, but you, uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm an expert in how comics get paid. <laughs> well, you, you don't do it for the money. No, certainly not. And that that's the cool thing about comedy is you know it it weeds a lot of people out because there's not a whole lot of people that were just like yeah, you know, it was just a way to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to really want it. 
<laughs> yeah, you you love it, and it's it's totally its its own reward. I think I'm just a stand up comic at like my dinner table. Is that enough? Like I feel like I know that high, and I don't I don't want to do that to strangers. I just force my friends to listen to me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably better. I mean, why if if that gives you the feeling you need, then <laughs> stick with the gateway laugh instead of ending up in the heroin binge of the comedy universe. I mean, seriously, it's like the same thing. I end up in like dingy basement bars with weekday drunks every night of my life. So I guess it kind of is. <laughs> so this could be the beginning of a joke. Yeah, I think. uh, See, I'll put that in my iPhone, and uh, we'll see if it gets there. So, do you um, really think about the future and um, and try to say like, I'll do it for this many years? You put pressure on yourself in that way. Um, In in certain ways, yes. Um, But it's interesting because it's not like, oh, I should really try comedy for a few years, and and if it doesn't work out, I should get a real job. It's like, I have a real job, and Mm -hmm. I'm moving along in that world, and I just can't imagine myself not doing comedy. So for me, it's just, you know, I I see it as part of what I need to do to become the version of myself that I want to be. So I don't have a time limit on it in that sense, but if they say it takes about seven years to find your voice. So seven mm-hmm. years of like really doing comedy before you know exactly who you are on stage. Um, and that's different for everyone. But, you know, if I was 10 years in and I'm still doing open mics five, six nights a week and I'm not getting better and I'm not getting recognized, I I think I probably would, uh, would be thinking, you know, it's time, time to move on. Yeah. But, no, but I like it that it's sort of a forgiving hobby because it's not like you're – sacrificing everything you can kind of do both I think that's cool about it yeah that is cool about it and it you know it requires um people being cool about it too because it does take away from time with friends or significant others or Mm -hmm. family and and things like that but I'm fortunate enough to be surrounded by people that everyone's like yeah like go fucking do that like we want you out there (laughs) so so I'm fortunate is there a comedian community and do you compare yourself to them yeah, there's a big community. So when you start doing the open mics, like I can do in San Francisco alone on a Tuesday night, I could walk to three or four different open mics. Whoa. Um, and you see the same group of people everywhere. Um, so that's why like there's a comedy scene in, in most towns. Um, and so you kind of have a little community and then you measure yourself against the people that you think are at your level and and so there's different tiers to every every group and you know you try and just focus on what you're doing which is the most mm-hmm. important thing but you know everybody is kind of keeping an eye on what everyone else is doing yeah that's i think that would be a little bit intimidating of getting a little bit lost in oh well that joke went well maybe i should do more jokes like that does that ever happen to you oh definitely it's weird if you watch someone go up who has a different style than you Mm-hmm. And you see that person. So maybe a guy's a one-liner comic, like a Stephen Wright or a Mitch Hedberg, and he's just spitting out one-liners. But I'm more of a, a long form, and I'll really talk about an issue. Um, or maybe a guy's really, really dirty, and then you see a crowd really laughing because this guy's being filthy. And you're like, "What am I supposed to go up and talk about? Like going to the grocery store next? <laughs> you know, like they're not gonna like that." But you kind of can't let yourself get lost in that because the second you stop being yourself, I think people smell that out mm-hmm, immediately mm-hmm. and you're going to die. 
Um, I'm interested actually in knowing about like your ego because you're in, you said in before you're like, oh, I want to be someone who's in front of someone and be a performer. And I'm like that too. And I, I have a lot of internal like battle of like, am I just like obsessed with myself or is this my passion? <laughs> Do you have that? <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. That was such a pleading tone. Please. At that. <laughs> Please tell me you have that too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we all do. So you can you can relax on that. I think uh, I think it's smart to worry about it. I think the second you're not even considering that, you probably do have a problem. Um, but you know, the, what I always think about is you always want to know why it is that you feel that need. Um, and you know, some people have like a, a you know family thing or, or whatever happened in their childhood. That's not the case for me. I. <laughs> I just, I genuinely really, really enjoy it. And when I get off stage and it went well, you know, at the end of a night, I will feel like that's the best version of myself. Like, I feel like mm -hmm. I have the most mm -hmm. clarity and I feel like just genuinely like a better person. And I think if that's the feeling you get from whatever you're doing, then it is worthwhile. Um, but I don't think that, that, question ever completely goes away yeah I think you're right I think that it is it is pretty healthy well I want to ask you now I have some like questions that I ask all my my guests awesome so we're gonna get into those um so one of the things that I always ask people is for them to sort of paint for me the metaphor of their life so if you could paint the picture or the metaphor for your life what would it be oh that is such an interesting question I uh I'm actually going to go with something off my wall just because I'm looking at it right now. Uh, and I, I, have a, I have a Muse poster uh, for the album The Resistance, and it's a really cool poster, and basically it has this one man standing on what looks like a long kind of uh, runway, and then you see the earth in front of him and kind of the universe around him but with this like multicolored kind of psychedelic geometric pattern surrounding the earth. Cool. Um, yeah, it's really cool. People should look it up because I, I love the album art. Um, but I, I mean, to me, basically it just signifies, and I, I think everybody has their own version of this. I don't think, you know, any of us are, are so unique and crazy, but I think everybody kind of has their own individual and unique path and purpose and lessons that they need to and are trying to figure out. And I definitely feel like I'm at a point where, you know, by no means am I far along the runway or, or think anything is within grasp, but it's kind of all right out there in front of me. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like I can see it. And I think that's the coolest thing, you know, this being the 20 something podcast about being in your 20s is it's this exciting time of like, you know, really sprinting to get as far as you can and become as, as knowledgeable and, and great as you can possibly be, you know, before you hit the, the age of life where you start having to kind of retract as opposed to expand, which mm -hmm. we all of course hit. That's really great. I think that's awesome. And I, I mean, everything that you said in that, I personally agree with very much and that we all have our own path that we're on and lessons yeah. we have to learn. Yeah, and the cool thing is I've never even expanded on that poster until this moment. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about the term millennial? Oh, I think it's such an interesting term because um, people kick it around a lot. My, 
My last job was recruiting. Uh, so I worked at a recruiting agency, which basically meant, you know, we would get, it was sales recruiting. So we get salespeople jobs at all the different startups in San Francisco. And a lot of hiring managers would have this or that, you know, bitching about, oh, millennials, you know, <laughs> they don't work hard or they just want a ping pong table and snacks. They don't want to put their <laughs> nose to the grindstone. So there's that whole kind of perception of it. But you know, I, I think there's an equally awesome perception of it, which is like, you know, this is the generation that we actually get to define. And it seems like we're focused on, you know, happiness and equality and doing things that we find to be actually meaningful. And I think in, in all of those definitions, it, it means we could end up being a very awesome generation. Um, but, you know, that's kind of up to us. I love that. I think you're so right. I mean, we are an awesome generation. I think we get a bad rap because we're just misunderstood. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I, I, it's funny because I obviously mostly all of my friends are millennials and I know so many awesome and inspirational people that wouldn't apply to any of those stereotypes, but I will find myself walking around and seeing like, you know, six people at a dinner table all texting and just thinking, Jesus <laughs> Christ. True. So true. <laughs> And, and so you uh, use social media for your personal self and for your comedy. How does that break down? Yeah, I mean, I my social media is Joey Avery Comedy. So it's like a place where I can collect any, any people who are early on kind of fans, even though there's not really so much reason for that because I don't put out a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm still at a phase where most of my social media stuff is, is relatively just me interacting with my friends and I assume it will get to a point where that shifts. Um, but you know, right now it's, it's kind of a mix and, and that's fine with me. Cause I think my hope for my comedy is that it always will be just kind of genuinely me being me. Um, and hopefully the two, you know, personal and comedic sides of myself can intermingle in some way that becomes entertaining on social media. I think you can do it. Well, I I love that belief. <laughs> you use Snapchat at all? Yes, I use Snapchat. I I think Snapchat's really fun because it's gotten to the point with Facebook where like if I write something that I'm going to post on Facebook, I'll like let it sit for like a day and then come back and be like, "Am I sure I want to post this?" <laughs> you know, on Snapchat, you can just kind of be like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'm feeling silly. I'm going to post this silly video." That's so true. I felt the transition in that in Instagram as well. You can't just put anything up on Instagram anymore. No, it's it's all become like your your personal PR page and yes. now we're all like this business entity. Uh, do a joke about that. Random. I know. I should. I'll just have an entire hour on social media. You could do it. <laughs> Seriously, you could do it. I could, but it'd be exhausting. And at some point, you're like, God, we spend all of our time on this. Like, let's just talk about other things. And it's Well, it's funny. My first podcast that I did, one of the first ones, we got into the social media part. And um, when we got there, I, all my friends who were giving me feedback were like, oh, it was so funny when you were talking about Snapchat. Like, that was my favorite part. Because it's so relatable. <laughs> we all have a Snapchat story or whatever. Yeah, and it's weird because all these things are – I think it's fun because everything's in its infancy. So you can have like unique thoughts about this and how weird it is that it's integrating with your True. life. Whereas something like the internet, it's like, yeah, we all had it since we were eight. Like we know what it's doing. It's the Wild West of social media. Yeah. That. 
How, no, it totally is. <laughs> do people suggest jokes to you as often as I have during this interview? I was just going to say use that is one of the most common <laughs> phrases I hear. <laughs> oh, my God. That's probably so annoying. <laughs> it's, it's really funny. Um, a lot of people will, like, they'll say something they're like, yeah, you can use that. And <laughs> the thing is sometimes I totally can. But there are even things that I think are really funny that I end up, really trying and realizing like, oh, you know, someone could use this. But I think when you start getting to to knowing yourself as an act, you're like, wow, someone could do a really good bit on this. Yeah. But that person is not me. That is so funny. Um, so my final question, this has been such a fun conversation. I love talking to comedians, by the way. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Of course. I want to know, I'm just doing this amusing you because you're going to be famous one day. <laughs> and then I'm going to call out my favor. Well, perfect. Yeah, I'll perfect. do this anytime you want. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, what is some? Like, you've already given so much words of wisdom, but what's your advice to other people who um, are in this age group and and following their passion, etc.? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess my initial advice would be just fucking do something. You know, it's like. I know a lot of people that have like 12 ideas a day, and I, and I do too. I have tons of ideas that I don't act on, but you kind of got to pick something and just start moving. Mm -hmm. one, of my, one of my favorite quotes is, um, chance favors those in motion. So, you know, if you want to hear about guys who get a, a lucky break or this or that, it's always somebody who's been grinding and been pushing forward and been showing up. And, you know, what I'm fortunate about with comedy is it's not like writing a book where I have to sit down by myself every night and try and make myself do it. I just show up somewhere and I'm going to go on stage and I have to do something. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my whole thing is like, just get out there and do something and you'll be surprised. Even if that's not the thing, it'll kick open the door that you needed kicked open. Well, this has been such a fun conversation. Have a great rest of your day out in San Francisco and awesome. good luck with everything. When's your next show? Um, my next show will probably be, uh, Sunday night. Oh, well, I'm going to fly out. I'll see you there. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Lucy. Yeah, thank you. Bye. And that is our show. Thank you so much, Joey, for coming on and telling us about the world of stand-up comedy. I think you will be a huge success. I'll check back when you've hit the seven-year mark and see how you're doing. And guys, go follow Joey. He is on Instagram as Joey Avery Comedy. I'll be back soon with another great episode of the 20-something podcast. Thank you for listening and leaving you now with a little bit of madness by Muse. But some kind of madness.